Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast. This Welcome. is episode 118 here with the one and only Dynasty Man Man. How in the hell Man-Man. are you? I am hanging in there and I'm doing great. I, I realized even though I didn't make it to the playoffs and the teams that I expected to because of injuries or whatever, I made up for that by making it to the playoffs on other teams and other leagues that I had no business making the playoffs. So it yes. kind of balanced out. It's so funny how that happens. And, and I mean, because I was talking to you earlier about that, too, in, like, Superflex Mirror. I took over that orphan team in, in your league, and I had the worst team, judging by the 101 you pick did, that yes, I had. You did, yes, Superflexing in the mirror. You're right. And you traded for all the rookie picks before yep. the rookie draft, like, I, all of them, literally. I uh, set what I felt was closest to the best lineup as I could all year, but I didn't want to do good. <laughs> completely honest with you like right. i i was hoping for like uh, a top four pick in that league at, somewhere in there you know if not even better um and and i kept kind of just like and then i finally fell out of the playoffs <laughs> like i was like the eighth seed or something like that and then yep. w- won this last league to like a third seed that's falling apart and made it into the playoffs so now i'm like okay i guess i should take this serious but <laughs> right. and uh, in that league we can't trade, which kind of sucks. I wish we could trade in that league because I tried to. I, I was finally like, like yes. because the way that my league my team is set up, I've got two first rounders, four second rounders, a third and a fourth rounder. So now I'm like, okay, I'm in the playoffs. Like I need to turn some of these picks into players and beat some ass. Like now I'm going for it. You know, you you guys ass. you guys messed up and let me into the playoffs. Now this is mine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude. So that's my one that I kind of like was calling my tank team going into the season mm-hmm. and I'm in the playoffs. <laughs> you did too well. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's actually really cool. Um, my, my worst yeah. teams are my startups, dude. That's where I messed up the most this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Honestly, like those are the teams where, and a couple are better than others, but those are the teams that need some work. Like I messed up my startups, my longevity, like my teams that I've had for a while, they're, they're really shaping up. Honestly, like, that's good, but that that the the startups, dude. I don't know. Are your you're? I don't know, dude. You're like always in the playoffs. In most league, I'm in with you. Like, even if you're not the best team, like I feel like you're always in the playoffs. I'll tell you something. I was looking into this, and you and me. I I don't think there's a single other person that's in more of my leagues with me than you. And I and I didn't realize that like this off season, you know, we got into a couple more together. But I started looking at it, and I think me and you, among all of my friends and peers, like it's us. Like we're in the the largest number of leagues together. And the one you were talking about, super flexible, where you you did take on the worst team. Like it was a team that we were surprised we were able to give away for free. We thought we'd have to pay somebody, and you turned that around and got all those rookie picks. You got rid of all your players to to be the sixth seed. To the point that I actually struggled to even like be the third seed in this league, and you and me, we play in round one of the playoffs. Oh, You're do we? Dang, I haven't even looked at that. You're probably going to beat me. Um, oh and, man, and I'm on. sorry. And so, like, great turnaround for you. Um, do super you, flex. Do you want mirror. me to start? 
Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> or Nick Mullins against you? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. You do what you think. It's fine. If I lose, I lose. I'm but this is one Herbert. of my first dynasty leagues, this super flexing in the mirror. It's one of my first dynasty leagues ever. Like the first few years I was in dynasty, I started this when I first got on Twitter before I even, you know, joined DFF and got into writing and podcasting and all of it. Like this is like six, seven, eight years ago. This yeah. league's right. Yeah, you can tell it's an old one too. Yeah. So I want I told you the only thing I told you really is that we're gonna talk a little bit about value, a little bit about McCaffrey. You also made a trade, and, 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 and we'll try to get off this. Like, It's funny because Jeremy and I have talked on the side about, like, let's not talk about trades that we make. But Jeremy made a trade earlier today where he acquired Dobbins and Carr yes. for Gibson shit. and Daniel Jones and a third. Yeah, that's exactly it. I got Derek Carr and J.K. Dobbins for Daniel Jones and Antonio Gibson. And originally it was asked, for a second and i i countered and i only gave up a third that's the deal man and yeah. and this is a team where swags i was in the title game last year and fortunately won even though the team i played was a better team i just happened to have a better week over um well you know jt uh mm-hmm. Goat, Goat district um i beat him he, i i fully expected i didn't even know i'd make it to the title game i did i won that game and then i got in with him and i i fully expected to lose i won point is i lost kittle well, Barkley, then Kittle, then Dak Prescott. And basically those were three seriously core members of my yeah. team that helped me win the year before. And so I still have the same team. It's still a good team. And I've, you know, I've fixed the fringes and it's even better. It's stronger. I just didn't have what it took to make the playoffs this year. And then I trade Gibson, who I drafted, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. in the fourth round. Oh, wow. In the no, fourth no, no, round. The, sorry, the third round. Uh, still, let me check. Yeah. yeah, the third round. The third round. Um with my low picks, by the way, yep. in, in the third round. And um, and then Dan- Daniel Jones, who I'm just I, – I just don't really think he's um, – That good. He's a top 15 <laughs> quarterback. Right. I got Gibson at 302, a pick I traded into – I traded up to get him. So 302, which isn't bad. But, you know, Dobbins went way higher, right? J.K. Right. J- Dobbins went at 105 in this draft. So – and then I just – I'm sorry, but – I don't think Daniel Jones will even get to where Derek Carr is. Exactly. And that's where I'm at with it. And like, and take one from John Hogue here. I don't know if he agrees with our take on this trade, but take one from him here. Like you won that trade two times in my opinion. And you, all you did was gave up an extra third. You won it with Carr because I'll take Carr over Daniel Jones today and I'll take Dobbins over Antonio Gibson today. And that is worth a third to me. Yeah, yeah, even if Jones and Carr are close to you or anybody, you know, yeah. that they're you to me you still won with Carr. You won with Dobbins. I'll take both those players over the ones you gave up, completely honestly. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Swags, maybe it was us earlier today. I was working a lot, so I don't remember, but I know we've talked about this before, and I really think that we're seeing kind of um the epitome, the ceiling for Gibson as far as what he can deliver to a team and then his fantasy value. Because, listen, the Washington football team has really nobody to throw the football to other than Terry McLaurin. Um, They have Gibson, a rookie. They have J.D. McKissick, who would be a backup, second, third, fourth, I don't know, bench player, taxi squad player on most teams doing the action. And Logan Thomas, who honestly is going to be – 
the same deal on most teams that have I mean, let's just look at our teams the browns and the the uh, lions they're not sniffing starting lineups they're not playing they're backing up maybe getting a couple snaps but maybe they're not even playing they're starting for the redskins and so gibson is really seeing a lot of love because the talent there is not it's a dearth of talent and they have literally mclaurin who's a an nfl ready fantasy beacon and then they have their alex smith they they're they're a shitty team and so gibson is he going to do better when you know they're on a team that has more assets than terry mclaurin they have real players is he really going to do better in the passing game first of all he hasn't even caught as many passes as right. james mckissick <laughs> as, too. As the, well he hasn't yet there's the comparison but also jacksonville jaguars running back undrafted has caught more passes yeah um, it, we're we're talking about a guy who we thought might be a wide receiver. He's still not catching the passes. They're using him as a running back because really they don't have any other choice. Right. They lost. Are we so know, sure they don't stud. get another running back there? No, they probably will. And I love Gibson. I love his talent. But don't tell me that he's better than J.K. Dobbins. No, because I'm with you. Yeah. He is not a better asset, especially moving forward beyond the season, than J.K. Dobbins. He's not. And I can give you probably a dozen reasons why he's not. And I mean, and you mentioned kind of with Gibson, like where even with the injury, he's at this unobtainable value, in my opinion, like his, his, you just got Dobbins for him. If you take out the quarterbacks and to me, it's just like, oh my gosh, like I'm drooling. I want Dobbins. I want, I want Gibson just so I can go get Dobbins. That's crazy. And you mentioned this peak value, which is kind of something we're going to talk about a little bit today as those ebbs and flows of the market and how quickly those can change. And sometimes it's because of one three touchdown game that we know that like the, the ball's never going to like solely go through Gibson, even if they don't replace him like a three touchdown game for anybody, even, even for Chase Claypool, it's crazy. It happens here and there. That's not how careers go. You know what I mean? Other players will do it. Some of them will repeat it, but you're, you're not, that's not like something that's obtainable or sustainable for weekly. Well, you're right. You have to look at the past to kind of predict the future a little bit. You kind of have to have a little bit, a little experience in dynasty to see how things have gone before to, to really give you a pattern for how you can expect things probably to be probable in the future. And, um, you know, that this is a case in point. Um, Gibson's probably a third down running back or a two down running back. He's not, and he's not JK Dobbins. He's not Cam Akers. He's not Jonathan Taylor. He's not any of these other players that we talk about. In fact, um, he's not even uh, your guy in Jacksonville. He's not. He's not an every down back. He's right. not that guy that's going to carry the weight. But um, yep. I don't have him anymore. I, and I think for a while there I had him ranked above some of those guys. But there is no way in hell I have Gibson over Cam Akers, for instance. Cam right. Akers, he, he has some things he needs to learn and get better at, especially in traffic and all that. But Cam Akers is a, is a true talent. Like he stands out at the running back position. Yep. Gibson doesn't stand out to me. He doesn't, right. and that's why he only got the eighty carries or eighty touches in college. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, his coach was so stupid." Really? I don't know. I mean, he didn't earn them probably at that time. Yeah. So I mentioned McCaffrey a little bit to you, for example. Who? who? So yeah, I know who is kidding. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> a lot of times, like, and we were even talking about that too. Like a lot of times, like when you and I get together for whatever reason, we don't talk about these shiny toys, but there okay. there are maybe a few more mentions. So currently, Dynasty Trades Calculator 
value. We're talking a little bit about value, like and and mm-hmm. like man, value is something that that just pisses me off. And um, especially with the calculators, who pro- who programs a calculator? It's not adding. It's not like teaching a kid to add five plus five or ten times right. ten. Yeah, there, there's who programs there's, the background information and data that goes into the calculator. Exactly, it's an the opinion. The output is only as good as that input, right? Right. Yes, it's it's an opinion, and I mean, so I mean. Me being mad about value is probably honestly half the reason that Two Drink Minimum isn't podcasting with me anymore because he got so sick of hearing about it. And oh, nice. I doubt. <laughs> yep, he's out. He's sick of it. But no, I'm just joking. But but seriously, like value is just something that like so I've been focusing on it a little bit differently. And and uh, I, I don't know. There's kind of I I think it's something that we need to focus on more. I know you have like trade shows, and I know you have like the Dynasty Trades Calculator podcast, all great podcasts, like. Um, John Paul Hurley and Izzy do a great job over there. Like, and, and they are, that's their calculator. So like they are the Kings of value, but I want to look at value a little bit differently. That's not necessarily what we're going to do here today, but I want to, I think it's something that could, it needs to be focused on differently and more often. I don't think it's one of those things that like you can get everything you need out of value and how to manipulate it out of one show. So, so I started looking some other stuff, but then today, like I compared, the value from what Dynasty Trades Calculator had on Saturday, kind of like putting some ideas together today. And then when yeah, yeah. none of that transpired, I wanted to have current data so that we could do it for today with you. And as I look at some of the current data, like some of the changes to me are just, they're so small. They're so small. But and so I'm nitpicking here, but this is just how quickly this this value changes in the roller coaster like so the first the top six quarterbacks in dynasty trades calculator on saturday were mahomes at 77 kyler murray at 60 watson at 54 on saturday russell wilson was worth more than justin herbert today justin herbert is worth 0.4 more points than russ so they flip-flopped the only flip-flopping quarterback how does that happen in just a couple of days what changed in just a couple of days well watson had it but- or herbert had his worst game of the season oh so he's worth more than russ now yeah but that's the thing that's not true right they're using data in those calculators to populate that in their algorithm they're using right. the data from results they're they're using and you know i was being a smart they're not yet. I know you're totally being facetious. They're using current data. Nothing really has changed from one week to the next. We still feel exactly the same about Justin Herbert, who has done fucking amazing. One of the okay. best rookie quarterbacks ever. And then uh, obviously Russell Wilson. What? What? I mean, he's one of the best dynasty quarterbacks you could have. I mean, we talked about how he declined at the end of but, season. Uh, they didn't use him well. But like, what? What has changed? From last week to this week, but not a goddamn thing. Here's another thing, though. We don't feel the same because, yes, he has risen up one spot in the rankings and in the Superflex rankings with quarterbacks and overall, but he's actually lost two points. So Herbert is worth more than Russ now, but he's lost two points. So he was worth 53.1 <laughs> points, but now yeah, he's yeah, worth yeah. 51.1. Russ was worth 53.7, but he lost more points and over just last week, right? Saturday. Yeah, and we, this sorry, is a Thursday, guys. So for the listeners, we're the recording this few, on a Thursday. Yeah, nothing has changed in the past couple of weeks for either player. Their values. I mean, listen, this is a this is a dynamic game. We know that things can change in in an instant in a game, an injury or whatever. But those two quarterbacks who have both been playing really well lately, 
Nothing has changed in the past three weeks for either of those guys. Nothing for Herbert this entire season makes you waver one way up or down right. on him. He's been good. He's never stopped being good. So if the calculator says that something changed because of a, a blip during a game or stats in one game, all that tells me is that calculator is bullshit. Well, and the, there's you can find like the glitches in the system to take advantage of, like on a bigger scale. Like we're just dealing with some of the top guys right now. Like I want to kind of find a way to track and monitor more and more of this and the depth and the huge value changes. And because I mean, then you have like Josh Allen who had another great week and he was the sixth quarterback. He's still the sixth quarterback and his points didn't change at all. He's at 50.6. He was at 50.6. So nothing changed with Josh Allen, even though, and I know he gets some shade, but even though he was the most consistent of Herbert and Russ the last few weeks, nothing's changed. <laughs> you know, and and I'm not saying like that I prefer Josh Allen over these, but there's obviously like a, an opinion based algorithm. So it's hard to call an opinion an algorithm to me that is going into this. And, and some of it is from a consensus standpoint, but other parts of this are really manufactured from the wherever you're using your calculator, whether it's at DLF dynasty nerds or dynasty trades calculator all great products all it's very good to keep a a gauge on values within the community and your leagues but but at the same time those are there there are parts of those that are very opinion based you know and i mean even like today so those are the top quarterbacks the top skill positions would be McCaffrey at 50 points Kamara at 49.6. Neither of these players changed. DK Metcalf at 46.2. He didn't change a bit. The top three players didn't change a bit. Um, last week, right here, we would have had A.J. Brown next, but he's actually moved from the fourth player all the way down to the sixth player. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, really? so he was at fourth. It, it was McCaffrey, Kamara, DK, A.J. Brown, and um, then after A.J. Brown, it was Tyreek, Barkley, Dalvin. Today it's CMC, Kamara, DK, Tyreek, Barkley, A.J. Brown. Dalvin Cook comes in at 45.2. Devontae Adams, 44.1. So you got Devontae Adams below A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf, just above Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson above Hopkins, above Thomas. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, no, Devontae Adams should not be below De- I mean, we're talking dynasty, so I get like age comes into play. But in a calculator, it should not be spitting out that A.J. Brown is more desirable than Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams' worst day, his hands are better than A.J. Brown. Yeah, like, like, he's not going to drop the fucking gimme pass. Like, I'm Tyreek sorry. That, I love A.J. Brown, but that's stupid. Yeah, how, how did Tyreek move above A.J. Brown? Over these six days, not even maybe five right. days, and but, but Devonte Adams Hill did over not. AJ Brown, I do because he's better and he's more consistent. He's in that electric offense. That's neither here nor Adams, there. How does Adams that is my in, wide receiver one, and you know how, does that how change I love in six days, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know I love like like I'm probably uh, it, kind of where it proudly I'm our ageist. I know I'm not the only one, but of our group, I think I I just get into it. I like those young guys, but still, like for me, Adams is my wide receiver one. I think the I, I don't I, I know there's arguments like Hopkins, Michael Thomas. We talked about Michael Thomas a little bit earlier. You don't get to Michael Thomas until like I mean he's like four or five spots below the guys I just mentioned here. Like where are you with Michael Thomas? Like Yeah, and that's what you're talking about, if that's a calculator, 
fully um, even more of a bullshit call because Thomas has done nothing except not see the field this year. He did nothing different from last year other than get hurt, his quarterback got hurt, and then he wasn't playing, and then he came back. Like, he did nothing to sully his own name, but yet everybody's like, oh, my God, Michael Thomas, you got to sell. Oh, shit. You know, he's linked to – it's all assumptions, and it's all hearsay. It's all grapevine stuff. It's all – Oh, he can only succeed with, um, you know, um, he can only succeed with Drew Brees on those, you know, 10-yard slant patterns. That's total bullshit. That's not true. And so are they building that into the calculator? Because that's what it sounds like. He literally got hurt. His quarterback got hurt. He did nothing different from last year. And then he comes back. What happened? He he got in a fight with a cornerback. I don't think people realize Michael Thomas has been running his mouth since he first came to Ohio State. He's been talking trash to everybody on the other side of the field with him his entire career, and he's made a career of it. And suddenly he got in a fight with a defensive back, so he's a bad dude, and he runs his mouth, and he's got a Twitter. How many people on Twitter that we know run their mouths, and yeah. uh, we don't hold it against them? We yeah. still like them. They, they talk a lot of trash. I have friends that just never shut the fuck up. They're always talking trash. Do I think less of them because they're on Twitter and they talk trash? No. What do they do at their jobs? What do they do on my podcast? What do they do? I mean, how are they delivering value to everyone else? But we're judging this guy because we don't like his personality and because he came from Ohio State and because Drew Brees made him a player. Listen, he, Michael Thomas is going to be better without Drew Brees because he can do everything a receiver needs to do. He's just doing what the, the freaking Saints need him to do, yep. what Brees do now, and he's catching the slant patterns. Yep, I mean, and that's like, just it. Even as an ageist and as somebody that I'm sorry, but I love my running backs. Even as with having both of those traits, like in my my team builds, I am still well aware that part of the problems with our community are selling wide receivers at that their peak value, not not peak value, but peak production. Like between 26 and 28, we are getting 100%. rid of wide receivers yes. that like we've groomed throughout like all their value years except the fade on a on a wide receiver is yep. a lot softer and longer than it is on a running back so you're yep. like oh my god sure. 28 year old wide receiver i need to fade him yep. but it's a soft fade it's like before he turns 30 maybe before he turns 29 but with running back guys 26 going on 27 i yep. need to get rid of him now it's a harder fucking stop with the wide receiver Look at Julio Jones. Look at some of the better the better players in the league that have taken care of themselves, have played at a high level, not just played yeah. at a high level. Look at the Ravens. They just brought in Des Bryant. I know he's not delivering for us, but the guys who took care of themselves, the elite players, they play longer at the wide receiver position. So the, the fade out is just longer. You can wait later. There's no urgency to trade them like there is with running backs. You need to fucking move those guys. I think Des Bryant just retired again. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got COVID. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out. Got the vid. I'm out. Um, Crazy but, he's, been a little, he's been a little CT for a while. Yeah. But that the, the thing is, though, I think that People need to also learn, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit too, and that's why this could go into show to show to show, and I try to not be a broken yes, record, sir. but we bring up like 
don't have that sacred cow or so many times like you go to a team for a player and that's the team like the player they're building around and they're building around most of the time they're building around a player at peak value it rather than selling that player at peak value or manipulating that system and i mean getting a player on the rise instead yep And, and you know you look at somebody like McCaffrey, who's still our number one skill position at 50 points but he's also like and i i can't tell you the exact number but i believe he's lost like probably 20 points in value since the beginning of the season same with barkley bye 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 and you you know what i mean that's probably never coming back even when the production does at this point just because people have a little bit more fear in their heart and 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 the fear is unwarranted also by the way for him because he's only 24 we're not talking about a 26 year old running back or a 27 year old running back we're talking about the best producer from that position I mean, he was a, a wide receiver two last year yeah. and a running back one, both combined. Like, yep. He was amazing. And he's only 24. He, he's, he's only going to be 25, uh, barely, when next season starts. And so we can start talking about him in his last couple years. But should you not buy him? You should. And, he's, and, and, and the age is just part of it. But he's delivered at an elite level for several times. Like, yep. You don't have to question it. And his injury isn't like he's always injured. The dude is a badass. I don't care what you say. He's a badass, and he doesn't always get hurt. He plays in a position that does get hurt, injury prone. He's 24 going on 25, and if you don't buy him, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I I really do. I'd rather have him than Barkley. Barkley is not a buy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there, too. But here's the thing, too. Like, So if I do come to you and you're – you tell me, and, and I think this is how it plays out a lot of times. You tell me you're building around McCaffrey. It's the reason you're so dead set on that is most likely because he's the he's your eye candy on that team, and he's the only thing you see currently to build around because that's how bad your team is right now. If that's if you're that McCaffrey owner, you absolutely need to sell that stock and get two or three pieces that are up and coming. And, and start to build around them. You need to build your team a different way. And even even if you wait for McCaffrey to come back, which might be your play, honestly, because you're probably more than a year out of contention. So maybe you do wait for that value to come back up and you try to get three players for McCaffrey or something like that. Because, I mean, like 13 weeks ago, you could have got like three or four players on this list for McCaffrey that are now like Justin Jefferson at 41 points, you know, above Hopkins. You know what I mean? You could have got Justin Jefferson. And if you could have got like picks that amounted to Justin Jefferson and J.K. Dobbins, and you got like two or three guys. But, you know, it depends on how many you're starting, too, because Christian McCaffrey, when he's playing, I yes. mean, he's like playing two players mm-hmm. in one spot. So yes. you really do have to come away with like two or three things. And if it's just you're scared and you want to get away from him, uh, you don't like white running backs. I don't know. There are a lot of weird <laughs> things. Not at all. But I think part of it too, though, is like it, you have to, it, it, it's very team dependent. Like the team I'm talking about is almost like wasting Christian McCaffrey's talent. Right. Does that make sense? Like he's just yeah, no, I get what you're saying. completely like by the time their team is completely ready to compete, if you're not making the right moves while you have Christian McCaffrey and, and you can make it work. But if you can make it work because he's scoring so many points, but it's like having Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, um, Saquon Barkley, and George Kittle, they're all hurt at the same time. Right. What are you doing to fix that? Like next year, they're all back, right? Yeah. Is that enough? 
like you're right you're are people thinking outside the box enough or just like oh i have this spot covered because i have christian mccaffrey i have this position covered because i have you know deshaun watson i have this position covered because i have travis kelsey i mean yeah you have to you're, think you're wasting you're wasting the best years of these players career building your team yeah yeah some people are always building team. Like they love the Dude. the aspect of building. I'm building a team. I'm rebuilding. I like taking on orphans. I've Sorry, done it I only want it's a picks. super challenge. Nice. It's it's a super challenge to take on an orphan that sucks. Yeah, and especially if it's actually got some it's picks fun. and some it's, assets or whatever. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's a challenge. Um, I've done. I've been stupid and I've taken on ones that didn't have picks and no players. I've like taken on some really um sort of. <laughs> Like, why? Because there's nothing to look forward to in the future. It's, like, too much of a challenge. It, it isn't fun. But if you get the picks, you got a shitty team, but you have picks. Like, there's so many fun things you can do with it if you choose the right orphans to take. Yep. But people I, I love are not looking meat. at values like their true values. They're just thinking about what a player's worth to you or me and them. Yes, They're not thinking about what it's worth next year. Yep. They're not thinking about what they need to do. How many starting lineup positions do they have? They're not looking at things like you really should with like assets. Like if you had a 401k, like do I uh, change this? Like, yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're almost like too surface level about it. You, they, you don't have to look 10 years from now, but yeah. you do need to think about the next couple of years and, and think about what is this translated? What I'm doing now, how does that translate to next year and the year after? I feel like people are too concerned with winning the trade by like five or 10 points. Like they want to be on that winning value side way too much. I won my trade. Yeah. And, and sometimes like, it's like you said, it's that long-term play. Like, don't be like, you know what? Instead of looking at it that way, send five or 10 extra points away. You know what I mean? Look to the future a little bit and, and beat that value trend. Like wear it on your sleeves. Like, don't be afraid to like, Think a little bit outside of that and get a player like, I mean, you could have traded Mixon away for Jonathan Mixon Taylor sucked. plus, I you know you it. don't like Mixon. I shouldn't have done this example with you, but you no, could whoever, have. Whoever did that was stupid for not trading Mixon for Jonathan Taylor. Mixon's <laughs> awful. But he, he, he's been an RB1 when healthy, and I know he has that one big game, and I know I'm never going to talk you into Mixon, but I mean, I think he's a, a RB1. Even if he's like RB twelve on the season, no. Listen, <laughs> no, listen. I, maybe so. The point is, everybody thinks he's a three down running back, and he's going to be like Get you're you drafting him. Fired but he up never with some mix and talk. Is he a running back one? He's not per per snap this year. I'd be surprised if he's a running back one. If he is, that's great. Thing is, everybody wants Mixon to be what Mixon is not. Mixon is an incredible athlete. He always was. He always will be. Even when he's not breaking chicks faces in you know subways like you know he's he's an amazing player but he is not an every down running back who can carry your team like a nick chubb hell he's not even as good as he is not even as good as kareem hunt he is a super talented uber athletic guy that you want on your team but he is not an every down this is your running back one for the cincinnati bengals that is not his job he'll never be that guy but they're trying to make him that guy he's not that do you think and i know that you're you're not my market for this move even if it were we are talking like 14 to 16 weeks ago do you think that i could have traded away mixin for a top 5 rookie pick 16 weeks ago yeah probably you know what i mean and that's kind of what i'm i'm saying you know like 
that those are the moves that you should have just taken the risk on then and and believed in it and and gone that way because today you can't get that deal done like today nobody nobody i probably can't even get acres for mixing today i probably can't get jonathan taylor i can't get swift i can't get dobbins i can't get any of those top five rookies i can't even get gibson and i don't even want him here i'm going mixing over gibson where where are you with this I'll tell you what, Mixon needs to go. If you can get rid of Mixon and get anything at all, do it. I, I passed up a trade where I could have gotten the first, second, third, and fourth picks in the next draft for Joe Mixon. Oh, man, yeah. But, but it's a player that's you know uh, right behind me. I'm, I'm number one in the league going in the playoffs. He's number two. He wanted Mixon, and this was weeks ago. That's what he offered me. And I almost think that I should have taken it because even though it would have been like the 111 or 112, right, and then the two eleven or two and two twelve, three eleven, three twelve, four. But um, I have one of the best rosters in the league, so I don't need all those picks. But um, I probably should have done it. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted more than that. I wanted like a higher first round pick or a player and a nice first round pick. And so I held out. I was giving Mixon too much credit. I should have taken the first, second, third, and fourth from this guy who might very well be the one twelve, two twelve, three twelve, four twelve. Because I honestly think. That's worth more than Mixon is worth. Yeah, but today, yeah, but Gibson or Mixon? Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I oh like him. Oh my gosh, I like, dude! I don't like Mixon. You're breaking my heart. I'm sorry, man. We have to disagree sooner or later. I will never be a Mixon fan. He is an afterthought, super talented guy who cannot carry a team. Nick Chubb can carry a team. Fucking Kareem Hunt can carry a team. DeAndre Swift can carry a team. Cam Akers carry a team sooner or later sooner or later uh, Mixon cannot carry the Bengals or any other team he's the guy that you want there and he's going to get you points pass him the ball for fuck's sake that's what he can do but he is not an every down back and he is never going to be that so people I'll tell you one thing he wasn't that in college and he's never fucking going to be that man i'm gonna this is what i'm telling our listeners this is not the last time that you're gonna hear dynasty madman and swags talk about antonio gibson and mixon this might i don't even love i don't love antonio gibson i just i know that's that's why you broke my heart every down back in college everybody that you you could give me names and i'd be like three down back three down back can do it can do it mixon was never that in college he was just kind of a mm, when gibson was that in college (laughs) <laughs> Gibson 77 touches through his two years that's why it's a great comparison because Mixon wasn't Mixon and Gibson were not that in college but Gibson is a really good running back he's really he has been but he has done amazing I, with his opportunities I think those two guys are really what you the 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 comparison that you're drawing is really enlightening because they are the same in a way because they come into the league, oh, these guys can catch passes. Oh, but neither one of them knows what it's like to be an every-down running back. Gibson especially. But Mixon, he never was that. He knows how to be a running back. Gibson barely knows how to be a running back full-time. I still want Gibson more because, you know, a little younger, you know, a little more outlook. And um, he's probably not going to blast a chick in the face and bust her, you know, bust her jaw and go to jail. And you wonder, listen, Mixon may never do that again. But it's not just a mistake in judgment. It's a character flaw through and through if you do that to somebody. I've never done that in my life. You've never done that I've in your life. I've never done anything like that, no. I've a bunch of girl in the face. I never have. Mixon, though, 
decided that that argument when he was picking on that girl's gay boyfriend or gay friend was was fun. Let's just punch her in the face. No one's going to know. He's on camera, right? Well, That's she a did hit him flaw. first. Yeah, I'm sure it hurt a lot. He's a fucking football player. Dude, character flaw, right? Uh, absolutely, it's gonna dude. I'm not saying it, it was a horrible decision that I, I would not make. But th- this is what I'm saying. He's going to do it again. Carry out pizza is way better cold the next day. <laughs> and you need to cool off on this Gibson stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think people do need to cool out. You know, but in the meantime, if you own Gibson, sell him high. Try to get Dobbins and Derek Carr. <laughs> Please don't tell me that you microwave your pizza. No, fuck no. I oh, my God. Oh, I man, I love pizza. got worried there at the end. I'm half Italian, man. I, I, if it's not homemade, I want somebody that knows what they're doing. I would... I mean, not that I haven't, but I would never advise you to nuke your pizza. No, not That's at bad all. Advice. It's just horrible like, advice. Do you listen to Super Flexible for bad advice? No. That's not what we're fucking you doing either, You either eat it cold or you put it in the oven. And that's the thing, man. I never dress up the stuff that I talk about on podcasts. I tell people exactly what I think and what I'm doing with players. Yep, I mean, yep, I same. make no yeah. bones about it. That's why players you're awesome, I like, dude. Players I don't like, why, how I'm doing business. I hope it benefits people, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yep. And that's why you're awesome, dude. I appreciate you, man. Um, I think it's time to get out of here, though. I uh we, we gave a little bit of a taste. I know it was some shiny toys, like we said, but a little bit of a, a stock stock report, a little stock watch, I guess, but how quickly that can change. And I want to dive a little deeper in that somehow. I don't know if we're going to do it here or find a way to put it somewhere else on Superflex City, but do, we'll do it. follow Superflex Pod, Superflex a bull, oh, Superflex like City, Superflex Show, John Hogue. Shane Swagger, Jeremy Brown, Madman. I mean, you know, Jacob Vines, Bill, Superflex dude. <laughs> and the rated ha superstar. Oh my god, Brian Har. Hey, sorry about your sorry about Penn State, man. Next year maybe, buddy. Follow Dynasty Madman at Swagzilla Zero G. All that other stuff we mentioned. We are super flexible from Superflex City. Are we from Superflex City or in Superflex City? I don't know, but I heard that there's also an underground Superflex City and people are going to find out about that too. What? Oh, yeah. My name's Shane. love that tattoo assassin but i'm gonna have to give back a call and be like man i'll tell you what let's try to harmonize because uh i don't have a great voice but zach it might just be a hair better than yours bro